and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Casper and Blue Apron. Woo-hoo. I'm Simone de Rochefort of Polygon.com. I'm joined by a honking goose and Christina Warren, <laughs> no longer senior tech correspondent at Mashable.com. No, I'm now senior writer at Gizmodo.com. Yes. Uh, as of yes. August 22nd, uh, I will be a, a, a senior writer at Gizmodo. Um, so my last day at Mashable is on August 11th, which is the day that this podcast should go up. It is uh, bittersweet for me because I've loved and will continue to love Mashable and everybody there. Um, I love you all if you're listening to this show. Um, but after seven years, that's right, S-E-V-E-N, seven years, I'm moving on and I will, ironically, I'm staying in the building. Um, the, the big joke is that as far away as I could get from Mashable was 12 floors. It's literally come up so many times during the history of this podcast. Oh, yeah, Gawker's right upstairs. And now exactly. Christina's no, going to be right downstairs. upstairs. Or downstairs, no, sorry. D- downstairs, so yes. So now that you're leaving, will you give us a bunch of dirt on Lance and Chelsea and everyone there? Like, uh, and, can and, we and, divulge and all their secrets on the show? All yeah. Am- yeah. All I can tell you is they're all amazing people, and I was oh. fortunate to work with them, and I love them, right. and I'm blessed. And all I can say, genuinely, honestly. Safe answer. Safe Seven years of my life, I wouldn't be any place for seven years if I didn't love it and if I wasn't grateful and thankful. And I've grown as a writer, and it's weird. I I feel like it's been four different companies. I've had a bajillion different titles, countless business cards, different logo changes. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I'm so proud of the work I've done and honored to have been part of Mashable's growth. And I love it. And I'll continue to love them. And um, but I'm excited about the next big thing. But, yeah, but you've got to go always, blow up Gizmodo. Totally, you've got to make totally, it awesome. Yeah, totally. But 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 honestly, like I just before, like just so everybody, anybody who listens to this, and I know Smashable people listen to this podcast. I love you guys. I love Mashable. <laughs> I will always love Mashable. That will never change. I'm not going to be one of those people who will like you know subtweet their former employer. Like that will never be me. Like I believe Lou. Um, but I'm. But having said that. I'm very, very excited to join Katie Drummond and, and her new team and, and, and the whole team that works there that do amazing work. And, and I'm, it's going to be a challenge and it's, it's weird and kind of precarious because I don't know who the parent company that I'm going to work for is yet. Like that's a weird thing. Um, but I'm excited and I'm excited to do different types of work and, and I'll continue to do the same Christina C-Mac film girl journalism um it'll have maybe a little bit slightly different flavor i'm 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 really Can't excited about it. It. Can't i'm see so it. excited so, you still be Simone, doing do facebook lives Christina? as much yes, as christina does like can you confirm that do you have that right same level of uh love of mashable as christina does <laughs> me yeah <laughs> yeah you yeah no totally yes, um yes. Yeah, no, I um i will continue to do facebook live simone and and i think other videos i'm going to be doing a lot of video for nice. gizmodo and yeah i'm stoked about that um, I did my final Facebook Live video from Mashable today. I was going to say, is- today you linked us to the sweetest thing that I have ever seen. Almost made oh. me cry at work because I watched it. I cried. So if you if you look, it'll be in the show notes. The last four minutes of um, the Facebook Live that Ray and I did, hashtag unboxing. We unboxed a, a, a Cat S6 phone. So it's a like kind of a rugged phone that has a built-in FLIR uh, uh, thermal camera built into it. It's an Android phone. And but at the end of the of the hashtag unboxing, which is the show that we've done for the last few months, they cut together like a, a Christina's greatest hits thing from hashtag unboxing, set to the Green Day song "Good Riddance Time of Your Life," and um, I cried 
like a it baby. It was so and, sweet. It was so yeah. sweet. You, I can confirm that Christina did cry. So if you want to see Christina cry, uh, this you video will be cry. in the Watch show notes. Watch the video last four minutes. You can oh. see it. It'll be good. It's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, and I'm gonna miss the people I work with, obviously, and 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 I'm so proud of the work I've done. Like I said before, excited about the next big thing. It's always bittersweet to to leave any place. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm leaving in a good place. I'm leaving happy and proud and and excited about what's coming up. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Oh, so many exciting things this week. Um, can we can we talk about your show, Simone? Ah, I think we've got yeah. we got to plug it briefly. Finally, we've got to plug it briefly. Uh, yes. We, <laughs> so this week, uh, my I will have a regular show on Polygon's YouTube channel, and it is called SEO Play. And the basic conceit of it is that I use Google Autocomplete to find questions about upcoming games and then I answer them while wearing a smoking jacket and drinking wine. <laughs> Simone, this is the show we've been it's waiting great. for you for. This yeah. is perfect It's everything you. you've it's ever perfect. wanted. And yeah. I'm part of it part of the concept is that I will answer questions that up, show up in the search even if they don't necessarily apply to that game. If they show up, they're fair game and I will answer them. Seriously or non-seriously, you will see. Oh my God, that sounds so good. That sounds just amazing. It is so much fun. Uh, awesome. It was a lot of fun to shoot the pilot. and I feel like it's a very animated, jiffable show, right? Like, you could just turn <laughs> everything you do into that, and then I can tweet it at people. Like, I want to see Happy Simone. I want to see Angry Simone. I want to see Sarcastic Simone. I want animated gifs of I all I only want you to use me as your reaction <laughs> gif forever, all right, for the rest all of right. time. That is I the don't only know choice. if I can confirm that. Um, you know, like I tweeted Elmo dancing on a planet today to <laughs> show my thrill of getting away with parking me? illegally. Well, I'm saying you would have to dance. Like I, I can went dance to a lot on of Elmo Well, we'll shoot the video. Just okay. shoot the video, okay. and I'll then I will you. use that. Yeah, I'll dance on a you. planet. Thank That's you. Fine. Okay, fine. It's settled. Okay, <laughs> episode over. I have to go find a planet to dance on. Right. This Bye. is crap, Brianna. This <laughs> is absolute it. crap. Uh, speaking oh. of not crap, this is a bad segue. <laughs> <laughs> Bloomberg and Mac Rumors have reported uh, some more information about the new MacBook Pro lineup, which, uh, as we talked about before, the rumor was that there was going to be like a touch bar on the top, you know, where all the, like, say the power button, the volume buttons, etc. are, that would be replaced with a touch bar. And there's a photo of it now and kind of more confirmation that that is what they're going to be doing. Uh, this is the first revamp of the MacBook Pro in a while. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and we we were kind of we were kind of down years. on the Touch Bar last time, and I'm still kind of down on the Touch Bar. Although they have said that it's going to be responsive. Um, oh, to what wow. apps you have open? <laughs> yeah, and you you you're rejecting this claim, Brianna. Are you rejecting the claim? No, no, no. I saw the 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 mock up that they had with the the Mac Rumor site. Like with it, Spotify, it basically just takes your yeah your your uh, bar right. in OS like, ten like, like, and moves Spotify over. Why so. isn't it Apple Music? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, because the mock-up has to be a joke, right? Because of Mac Rumors makes it, but like, as if Spotify would ever appear, on a, you know what I mean? Like, yep. that would be amazing if it was customizable that way. But let's be real, this is Apple. Who made the <sighs> mock-up? Who, who, is, who at Mac Rumors is responsible for mock-ups? I don't know, Christina. I could see them like open sourcing it, like you know, I, mean, I, I stat see, I, menus. Oh, well, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, look, I genuinely could too. I could see them open sourcing it, letting people support it the same way that they do. Um, uh, like, like things like a continuity. Yeah. Where Chrome, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you have a, a web browser open on your phone um, and you want to open it up and Chrome is your default browser, 
on your on your Mac, you can actually open it up in Chrome. Like like continuity works that yeah, way. So that's yeah, cool. I've seen that. I, I, could, pop up. I, I could see them doing something and letting other apps there. I'm just saying that the, I I could see them open sourcing that, and I could also see Spotify despite themselves being like, well, fine, we will code for <laughs> OS 10. We gotta. Excuse me, we Mac gotta do fine. it. Finally, we will build it for Mac OS. Whatever. We'll, we'll build it in. We'll build it in. Um, but, you know, I, it, it's still hilarious. Whoever, Arnold Kim, uh, owner of Mac Rumors, whoever you commissioned to, to do that mock-up, um, props to you because that is funny as hell. You done good. Spotify. It was, it was good. But speaking of the Mac Rumors, like, article on this, I mean, I think before I get into the nitpicking, I would say, like, it reads like a good direction. They say it's not going to be tapered like the 12-inch MacBook and MacBook Air. I mean, it's kind of, you know, wedge-shaped like a Star Destroyer. Like, it's going to keep the same form factor. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be lighter. It's going to be thinner. It's going to be all of that. But I have some journalistic problems to write, uh, to talk about with this article. So let loose, you know, the, the real, the real question, I think, and you know, I'd love your opinion, like Christian Simone, both of you, you use, you know, MacBook pros on a professional level, final cut and stuff like that. So I think the biggest question most people have isn't battery life. It's not necessarily processor power. I think I'm not the only person really looking at the GPU because it's just so weak currently. So oh, this well, is this is this my journal says that yeah. quote unquote expert users such as video gamers <laughs> end but, quote <laughs> will enjoy the new it, MacBook Pro. It says that, and yeah. then if you start looking at the article, there is a way to write an article about any tech issue that uses a bunch of buzzwords and makes it sound really sexy and really awesome. And like the next big thing is around the corner. And that's exactly what they're talking about here. Like they start talking about the, 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 you know, the, the nanometer design of the chip and they reference some cool sounding code name Polaris with AMD, which by the way, AMD doesn't make the best chips here. So then yeah. you start entering in the concepts that they're talking about here in this Mac Rumors article. Because if you don't just go, oh, that buzzword sounds cool, you go, okay, what is Polaris 10 and 11? What is this actually? What is AM doing? Is this going to be better or worse? And you start reading about this. And I want to be very clear to our listeners, I can't draw any conclusions because the chip isn't sitting in my hand right now. But there is no, like... It's going to be faster in the sense that if I have a Model T and I go buy a Toyota Camry, (laughs) it's going to be faster. But, you know, this is very much, um, at least the Polaris 10, is very much um, a GPU that's made for the mainstream. And they do want to be a big uh, heavy hitter. Now, with the the Polaris 11, it does look that they're going to try to compete with some of the Oculus GPUs there. So it might be a little more ambitious here. But the truth is, we just don't know. What we do know is this is kind of a mid-class um, performance GPU sure. from someone that has a record of being in second place. I want to so, be clear. Yeah, I was, yeah. Mac Rumors is not the person who wrote the expert no, users such as video gamers line sure. that was from a source. But yes. it made me laugh because the phrasing is yeah, it, amusing well, it, to me. Well, I hear what you're saying, Bree, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, if, if we're, we're looking at this, I would say, though, that I think, and you would agree with this, that there is a difference, obviously, between the class of GPU that is um, useful for, for uh, you know, 3D uh, creation tools and, sure. and, and, and video editing and, and audio editing and photo editing 
and gaming. Like, I, oh, I think yeah. that they, you know, they're, they're very different and they can be doing different things, which is kind of one of the reasons why, you know, the Mac Pro is still a very good machine, even though it hasn't been updated in a few years for a lot of professionals. And, and, and if you were to do a lot of video editing stuff, it would still be, you know, get one with the D700s, it'd be a, a great machine. Yeah. Um, Whereas it wouldn't be the, the the most adept or adroit gaming machine, sure. so I do it's even wonder built to like work at the hardware level and like what, take advantage of mm-hmm. OpenCL and all those right, kinds of exactly. things. So yeah, so 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 I would wonder, and and I don't know the the details on the Polaris, and, and I don't I don't disagree with you on AMD. I've obviously I've I've not obviously I've been a long time kind of a critic of, of AMD in general. If I'm just being candid, um, because. It, They've had like advantages over the in the in the past, and and I think they've squandered them at every turn in many many years. Starting with the core processor level, with just on the on the CPU, but also on the GPU, they've they've you know I I th- there there there's stuff worth critiquing on the AMD side. But I think you know looking past the stuff, even assuming it is AMD, I do wonder if you know what they're choosing, you know, to, to still be power efficient, if they are able to, to kind of tune these things toward, you know, OpenCL and other stuff, if they would be able to deliver a notebook that, again, probably isn't going to be a, a, ever compete, you know, on a gaming side. But, but and let's be real, the Mac is, has never been a, a gaming contender, but might be good enough uh, if they're able to, to kind of, you know, tune the chip the right way to work with the software APIs where your apps like your, your, your Final Cut and your Logic and your Adobe and, um, you know, your, your, your Maya and your, your, your sure. AutoCAD and your other tools sure. would be able to really take advantage of it. And so you would be able to say as professionals, look, it's been a number of years since we've had a significant refresh, but this is actually going to be good enough that we could still, we could use this in a professional environment without any issues. Absolutely. And the, mm-hmm. the people that this is aimed towards are Final Cut users, you know, Premiere editors, you know, people that use Logic. I mean, I, I recognize that mine is a little bit more of an edge case. My, my critique here is if you read the Mac Rumors article here, it says, you know, Apple Mac lineup see significant graphic upgrades sure. as new GPUs launches. And I have to say, I just... Don't find I I feel like it's cheerleading Apple a little bit because if you sure. dig down into what we know there, it looks like I, I read this article and I feel like I'm going to walk away with a uh, a graphics powerhouse. And what I see when I study it is yes, the way that they implement this could be that, but with the information we have, it looks like it's pointing more towards a very medium you know medium powered uh, discrete GPU. And I just I. I don't think it's written in a way that is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's very accurate. So and I don't. No, I don't I, not want a you know discrete mid range uh, those things that you just said those <laughs> yes, words that you yes, just yes, said yes, that, yes, that yes, came yes. out of you in that order. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right that the phrasing is. I mean, console class GPU performance right. for a MacBook right. is just not something that. No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. No. Yeah. Extraordinary and, 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 VR experiences and, 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 on any laptop, really, to be yes, fair. I don't yes, see happening. Yes, no, to yes, be fair, yeah. but, but especially not with Apple, that's just not their MO. You know, that's not the audience that they're yeah. really going after. And, and right. that's okay. I mean, I think that's completely okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think, though, and we've talked about this before, you know, they're, they're at a kind of a crunch time. I don't know when this is going to be announced. I would hope in a couple of weeks at, at, at the rumored, you know, iPhone event. Honestly, I would love to see the MacBooks then. Ooh. I have a feeling it'll be at a, at a different event. I agree. Yeah. Which I think is a shame because, you know, I know that to a certain degree, Apple has been um, hampered by Intel's roadmap, you know, um, and, and I think that um, the, the lateness on Intel's mobile chips has, has definitely hurt 
um, you know, Skylake has, has definitely hurt uh, Apple. And I have a feeling that, you know, Skylake was supposed to be ready last year and then they, mm-hmm. they didn't get him out in time. And I think Apple had this big refresh already planned and they said, okay, well, now we've got to hold off. And that's that's been a disappointment. Um, but, I, but I'm really... I don't know about you guys. Like, I need a new MacBook. I, I and, did too. And and and, and I I'm not going to be willing to buy one until you know. If I have to wait two months, I'll wait two months. I can actually wait two months. I'm fortunate enough to do that. But mm-hmm. I'm in a, in a position where I feel bad for anybody who genuinely needs a MacBook in the next eight weeks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Because it does yeah. seem like this is going to be such a significant upgrade on a lot of levels. And frankly, the line has needed it for some time. And, and we've seen that with their sales, you know, uh, yep. other than the MacBook shipments, which have obviously gone up, you know, because there hasn't, because the rest of the line, the rest of the Mac line in general has been lagging behind. Everybody's kind of like, we, come on guys. Like this, they're, they're really kind of pushing. It's hard to um, recommend a Mac right now because they are pretty underpowered. And I, I think I would say this, like, it's also very concerning that, you know, Apple's not alone with this, but like the first generation Retina MacBook was not a good machine. It had a lot of problems. The second generation is the one I got, and that yeah, is a, a great darn machine. good machine. Great you machine. Know, the same way with the 12 inch MacBook. That first gen, I own that first gen, and the second gen is a lot smoother. You know, yeah, I agree. So I, I think I, I do think it gives me hope that their first Retina iMac was such a good machine out of the gate that didn't seem to have that kind of um, problem no, with no, it. I, I so think if yeah. They nailed the Retina iMac, and, yeah. and and I think honestly they nailed the Mac Pro. Um, yep, I would agree with I that. I mean, obviously they haven't updated that since then, but I don't think they, I think it was it's just not a testament machine that they haven't yeah, had to. That. Yeah, um, you know, but it's so, so I mean, but 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 I I, I uh, it, it's one of those interesting things where, yeah, you're right. Like there can be some kind of growing pains. I have a feeling with this. I mean, it'll be obviously be a new design change, but I think that they've learned with the Retina displays and the timing controllers and some of the other stuff that I think that when this comes out, I'm not. Look, if this comes out and it seems to be even half as good as what we're kind of hearing, like I, like I said, I need a new laptop. I'm buying yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Version or not, I'm buying it. Can I just say I love I love the shape of the MacBook Pros so much. So much. Yep. It's just so satisfying to hold and it's so satisfying <laughs> it to is. open and close. It anyway, is. you know yeah. what else is satisfying to open? The Casper <laughs> what, what, mattress. What Ooh, yeah. Segway, way to go. Yeah, I'm really proud of being a Casper mattress owner, which I am now, thanks to Casper for sending me this awesome full-size Casper mattress that I am currently sitting on. My bot is sitting on this mattress right now, and I'm very cozy. Um, Casper, as you well know, is a company that makes wonderful mattresses. They send them to you vacuum-packed. It's so so easy. You buy them online, they send them to you vacuum-packed, and then you unbox it uh, dramatically in your home, and you scream because it's so exciting to watch your mattress unfold from, like, this yay, this roll, like a sausage roll, into an enormous mattress-sized mattress. And let me just tell you, I have some anecdotes. Since the la- I think last time we talked about Casper, I had just unboxed my own mattress and I was sitting on it and I was pleased and I promised an unboxing video that I still haven't finished. That's fine. Uh, currently, I have had people, uh, friends, come over they knew about my Casper mattress and they came over and they wanted to sit on the Casper mattress and they did sit on the Casper mattress. They sprawled on my mattress and they exclaimed righteously about how amazing it was. I'm seriously not making this up. My coworkers Allegra and Ashley came into my house and they were like, this is literally the perfect mattress. It's the perfect blend of like firm and soft at the same time. And I have to say, I agree. I, I'm a fan of a firmer mattress, but like this really is, it's like, 
soft without being like sinky and like in that weird way where you feel like you're drowning in your bed. It's just like nice and springy and firm. And I'm patting it right now. I hope that you can't hear it on my audio. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Is it like a hug from Baymax? Is that what it feels like? It's, like, it's just like Six? lying on yeah. Baymax. Oh, wow. Just like, okay. But yeah, you don't need to be hugged by Baymax. You'd probably you'd be really hot right now in New York if you're being hugged by Baymax. I imagine that he's a warm robot. Um, but you just lie on Baymax and you feel good about yourself, which is what I do every night in my Casper mattress. <laughs> so if you yourself are interested in getting a mattress sent to your house, uh, you should know you can try the mattresses for 100 days, risk-free, free delivery, free Ooh. returns. 100 days. 100 days. Yep, that's the, that's the jingle. That's Why don't I write <laughs> jingles? Oh, my God. One hundred days. One hundred days. You, you Casper. Oh my gosh. We okay. You're quitting Gizmodo. Casper. I'm quitting Polygon. We're going into the jingle business together. Oh, our friend. Yeah. Well, but I just started Gizmodo. I don't want to quit yet. Okay. You try it out. Give it like a week or so. See if you okay, like I'll it. Give it a week or, oh my god, you guys. One hundred days. I can give Gizmodo one hundred days. <laughs> and- <laughs> Free returns on your Christina Warren. <laughs> No, Christina is not going to quit Gizmodo after 100 days. No, she will no, love it not, there. No, I'm not. But you can quit your Casper mattress, but you also won't because you'll love it there. You'll never leave the bed. Let me tell you, finally, what you can do. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com rocket and using the offer code ROCKET. Do that thing. Go get 50 bucks off your mattress. Try it out. You'll probably adore it. Um, they're super, super duper affordable. A full size like the one that I'm sleeping on now is usually 750. It's 850 for a queen, 950 for a king, 500, a cool 500 for a twin. I would pay that much for twins. And thank you, Casper, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and your continued support of Relay FM. Love them. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're great. And thank you so much for this bed. <laughs> Second topic. Actually, right, I'm guys. excited about this one. I've got a lot to say on oh, this. Oh, I'm excited yeah. to hear what you have to say. So in case you have been under a rock or just like super not involved in video games, uh, a very anticipated game came out this week called No Man's Sky. Uh, it's made by a very, very small studio. It's like literally four guys called Hello Games. And it promises literally quintillions of procedurally generated planets. It's a space exploration game and you get dropped on a random planet. You travel from random planet to random planet, uh, flying through the vast, vast galaxy. Um, And that's basically the premise of the game. Like that, that is the appeal of it is that you can travel forever through the space, exploring the space. Um, And I think Brianna is going to talk a little bit about the development of it, but it's been the subject of a lot of kind of, rolling controversies just because of vast vast anticipation for the uh, anticipation as vast as the universe of no man's sky is um people are finally getting to play it uh there's a lot of confusion about like like there's been confusion even up now after its release about whether you can actually cross paths with someone else who's playing the game because technically it's a shared universe like everything the way that the procedural generation works, it's like a giant grid and they use math to kind of say, okay, this is at this coordinate. It's a persistent, um, every planet is persistent. So, you know, you if you happen to end up on the same planet in that same coordinate as someone else, you will see the same thing. But there have been a lot of 
struggles with like trying people trying to cross paths even though they're playing both um online and confusion about whether or not there is multiplayer a lot of coin is happening um yep. just a lot of drama all the way through so brianna why are you so interested in talking about this game specifically well you know we don't we don't talk about um games a lot on rocket but um you know because we've we've talked a lot on this show about um you know like say twitter and their inability to respond to harassment and believe it or not i think no man's sky is kind of indicative of the same uh, kind of general problem in tech um, you know, there's a real tendency with engineers to want to bring um, cheap technical fixes to really, really big problems. So like Hello Games and No Man's Sky, um, they want to create a really big universe. And how did they do it? They sit down and they make um, you know, procedurally generated world. So what does that mean? It means all the creatures kind of permutate on these different um, ideas within the skeletal mesh, and it puts it together, it slaps together some textures on it, and it does that. And the landmass is you know, randomly generated. Are you going to have flowers? Are you going to have water? You know, what's the shape of the of the you know, the rocks, what is that going to look like? So it's very much a procedurally generated game. And, you know, Simone, I, I don't know if this is the impression you've gotten from it, but I think it's fair to say many people feel they feel like maybe the game isn't worth $60 because it very quickly gets very repetitive. Like that's what, you know, Philip over at Polygon was saying just today that he feels that there's not really a high level game there behind it. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, I mean, have you played it at all? Either of you? I unfortunately have not not played it, but I've seen it played. Uh, I've made a few videos about it. Of course, one being SEO play episode one. Um, Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we were just talking about this today. Uh, We did a video on the combat and it really is there. There are, you know, several mechanics in the game. There's trading, there's like harvesting resources and things like that. There is combat, but they're all kind of, they all kind of take a back seat to seeing what there is to see in the universe and yeah. I think for some people that's very meditative, and then for some people that quickly feels very empty. And I'm, yeah, I I need to try the game myself, um, but I, I suspect that I might fall on the latter um, half of that, being people who need kind of a goal and things to do. Uh, I even right. saw you know, the day after, the day the game came out, I saw people commenting on YouTube being like. I, I really thought that there would be some kind of quest. I thought that there would be like characters that you could talk to. There are NPCs, but you're, they're like people that you trade with. Uh, there, there's like robots that kind of are the police of the galaxy, but there's no like conversations or characters. Um, no quests beyond like okay, you're upgrading your ship. Um, you're looking for resources so you can fuel the ship. Things like that. So and and there was confusion about that up until the launch of the game, and this is one of Sony's most hyped, most advertised games um, this right. year. Like the anticipation yeah. has been massive. Well, let's think about how PCG works, right? Like um, you get to you can interpolate. There are different approaches to it, but like one is. Uh, like say if you're playing Far Cry, uh, so you run something like Speed Tree and it just generates all the trees in the game randomly. That's a good example of PCG. Like you don't really look at the trees and count on it. Mm-hmm. But when you're running an entire world about this, like even Skyrim, a game like Skyrim will go through and someone will design the dungeons by hand and the towns by hand to kind of give it more of a dynamic feel. And the problem with No Man's Sky very quickly becomes 
arms, um, you know, they've interpolated between different uh, skeletal meshes to make these different creatures, but they really all look the same. Like you're seeing a dinosaur with a shell on the back or maybe a dinosaur with wings. Mm-hmm. And it's a slightly different color. It gets really old. Another another thing is really good static mesh design, meaning um, like a spaceship environment, right? That is designed with someone that went through it, the ZBrush Pass very lovingly, you know, made materials for different areas of it. You know, here with this game, it's just like, okay, let's throw... You know, normal map one to fake rock texture here, and we'll mix it with normal map two and spectral map three. And what you end up with is a, a game with a really large canvas, but they just kind of have this one trick of this, like, um, you know, Heinlein like color scheme mm-hmm. that if you've seen it once, you've seen it all. And I just, it's just, to me, it really signifies this um, mindset in our industry that art is something you can outsource to India or can, you know, cheat by procedurally generating it. And I think if we're going to talk seriously about games being art, I think we have to understand that there's some things you just can't cheat. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? I kind of, yeah, I I half agree basically with what you're saying. Uh, The part that I agree with is that, yeah, art is important. Artists are important. The details, the personal touches that you put into art are important. I don't know that this specific game needs that because to me, I think the appeal of it is that it is so, so big. And I can't comprehend being able as a small team or even as a big team being able to put that level of detail that you're talking about into every single sure. one of the quintillion planets. Um, right. And and so, it, it, yeah, it kind of, I think that those things are super, super, super duper important, but I don't really see the reality of it in this game. And I don't necessarily think that no, there's a place for it in this couldn't. game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not their mission objective, but you know, they're also charging $60 for this. Yeah, and that's I, honestly do not think this game is, I don't think it's worth $20, mm-hmm. just to be really honest, yeah. unless they really remix the high end of it um, and add a lot of content on there. So, um, so, yeah, so, so on that note, I mean, let me just like interject here as like kind of the non, I mean, I, I game, but I'm not like gaming like you guys do. You know, you talk about how this isn't worth $60 while at the same time kind of acknowledging, you know, the work that goes into all these things and you you Brie know more than anybody how hard it is to work yeah, on these things. It's terrible. What does this say though about the fact though that like our expectations are become so high yeah. for content? Like like just be being a little bit more macro rather than just focusing on this game for a second. What does it say about the way the state of gaming and the state of storytelling with games that to to be worth sixty dollars is not enough to have, you know, this 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 big open world that you're describing, but you need all these details, you need this other stuff. What does it say about, I guess, maybe the just Mac from a macro level from, for both of you guys about kind of the state of gaming where like, again, like it, it, it's like, you, it's not enough to just be a, a, a good experience. You've got to be more than that. I kind of separate, and maybe this is because I'm Bree's friend and I'm biased, but I kind of separate Bree's criticism from what I see like in comment sections where people seem to have had very overblown expectations for this game. Like, people pre-ordering it and talking about how it was the only game they were ever going to play for the rest of their lives. Like, this is the big one. This is the the only game you will need forever now because it's so vast. And I think that what that, that to me is kind of 
kind of speaks to what you're talking about, Christina, with these large expectations of games and what they can and should deliver for that $60 price tag. Right. Whereas Bree's criticism speaks to me more as as an industry insider who is concerned about thing about trends, I guess, in the industry. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it's worth saying we have been as an industry, not just indie dev shops, like it's very popular for indie developers to just buy art assets, like you can go onto the, sure. the, the, the Unreal store right now and get them. But there's an increasing trend in our industry to outsource art development to India. I'm pretty sure Trials did that, Trials HD. Um, it's just been a huge trend. This is why I would say to this, Christina, there is a... Yeah, there's a tension in our industry where um, it's really bifurcated these days. You have $100 million games like Mass Effect Andromeda, and then you've got smaller games like, let's say, uh, Christine Love's uh, Lady Killer in a Vine that's going to come out. But the difference is, you know, Christine Love, Christine Love is one person. She's putting the game out. She's worked. She's poured her heart and soul into it for years. But she's also not bringing that out as $60 price point, and it's not a Sony-exclusive title, and it doesn't have this army of hype behind it. Like, your, your, um, your, your, your expectations are set accordingly. It's worth saying, like, uh, you know, Resident Evil, uh, they had their, um, you know, their spinoff in the DS series, and that's been premiering sure. at a $20 price point. So I do think there's any number of these price points you can bring a game at here. And I do think if you're charging $60 and not even 50, I think you're saying this game is worth as much as a mass effect Andromeda. And I just don't see it. Yeah. No. And I think that's a fair point. I mean, even talking about macro levels, not macro levels, but like even minor pricing levels between 50 and $60, I think that's fair. Um, But, but I do think that it's just interesting to me as, as, you know, somebody who's kind of a casual gamer, the the price sensitivity and the stuff and and what it means when you price things a certain way versus I mean as you said earlier you don't think this is you think this would be worth twenty dollars mm-hmm. and Bree is a dev and Bree can I think Bree can talk about prices I personally feel uncomfortable talking about prices even as a member of the press just because I haven't made a game of this size or of any size so I don't really I I can try to understand I can look at the data that's in the industry right now, but I, I can't really know personally. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wonder how but much I, of it went into what that money went into bug testing. Those well, yeah, that, and think planets. about this, Simone, like if I am, uh, I'm not going to give numbers on this show cause I can't, but I know people that have sold their game to, you know, PlayStation plus, or, you know, have gotten it to be a Sony exclusive. That doesn't just happen. Like there's a dollar value attached to that. Now I'm yeah, not their absolutely. contracts lawyer, so I don't know what that figure is, but if you're selling this as a PlayStation exclusive, like you do get a certain amount of support from Sony. That's mm-hmm. marketing support. Absolutely. It's financial support. And I do think that sets um, your expectations accordingly. So look, I'm not trying to blast this team. This is an artistic accomplishment. It is, it is a beautiful, interesting idea. I just think the gameplay doesn't hold up to the promise. And I'm very skeptical about PCG. So that's my only point here. Yeah, I feel that. I think, um, 
I feel like it's almost worth men- mentioning. I feel like there are kind of two kinds of procedural generation, and one is like this, or like um, the example earlier where we talked about trees, it's kind of fleshing out a world, and the other is puzzles, basically, yeah. which I, I, I mean, obviously human design puzzles are really important as well, but I know um, Road Not Taken from Spry Fox is a procedurally generated puzzle game, and I absolutely adore it because you have these elements that abide by certain rules, and it creates this weird little fantasy mythology th- through procedural generation, which contributes to the world building in a way that I don't think you often see with procedurally generated stuff. Um, I'm really interested in it. But yeah, the, it's it's very, your mileage may vary. <laughs> it, it definitely has a point. Like Diablo that has randomly generated dungeons that very mm. much has its, its point. But like, let's look at the soundtrack. Like something they marketed oh, is yeah. they had... Yeah, you know, 37 static or some person I've never heard of. And they're like, you'll have endless EDM tracks in this game. <laughs> and it's like, guys, okay, EDM, I get it. You can hit a couple buttons on a Casio keyboard from the 80s. <laughs> and totally. like, you'll get a song. <laughs> Suddenly EDM. make it good. And that's an art. And sound design isn't something you can freaking cheat with an algorithm. It takes a human touch. So, yes, you did create some generic... EDM that's completely forgettable is unimportant that kind of matches the mood here. But did you create art? Hell no. Now mm-hmm. it all comes together into something, but it's just, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. So, I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. You know, I, I know something that means a lot to you. <laughs> it's blue apron. It is blue apron. It is blue apron. Brianna, how much blue apron means to you? It means so much to me. In a dark time where I didn't think I could go on, Blue Apron came to my door <laughs> and it let me uh, cook a meal. And when I found I freaking... myself in times of hunger. Can I, you know, Christine, you were talking, every time I cook Blue Apron, I think about something you said to me. You're like, I just don't have the time for this. And that was me forever. And I can't believe I've turned into one of these women that loves to cook. I can't believe it. Feminism is dead. I feel like I've betrayed something. Yes. Uh, No, we, um, I made just a, a, uh, it's just fantastic. Like I made these chicken burgers last week and, you know, I made pork chops two days ago. There's a new box that just came to my house and it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's an amazing freaking meal and it takes like, you know, in between 30 minutes to 45 and it's always beyond delicious. Oh, I'm so hungry right now. (laughs) Come on down to Boston. I'll cook you some blue aprons. Heck yeah. Let me tell the people listening at home or in the car or on the plane, train or automobile that for less than $10 a meal, blue apron will deliver fresh high quality ingredients right to your door you can grab those ingredients they're perfectly proportioned out and they're recipes that you have chosen yourself for the week boom your meals done you can adjust like how many boxes you get sent a week so how many meals you're getting out of that they make they make about like they make enough for two people right brie and then that's kind of i mean if you're me and you're only cooking for one person that's like double the meals but for the you same can very easily do that yeah 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 so that's pretty cool step-by-step instructions on a beautifully printed card and then you're cooking like a boss even though you don't know what you're doing necessarily because you're this is 
you're a noob. This is why you need help cooking. You don't know what you're doing, but Blue Apron helps you. And then at the end of it, you get a beautiful meal that you plate up yourself. You look at it, you take a picture of it, and then you brag about it on social media. And people think that you are some kind of culinary genius when really Blue Apron is the culinary genius and you are riding on their coattails, my friend, but you are loving the ride. So but you actually get to be good at cooking. That's like, true. Because you have learned. become a good cook from this. Like that's what's really amazing. Like it builds up your chopping skills slowly. It teaches you, it teaches you like what you do wrong with cooking meat because it has oh. such explicit instructions about how to do it. And like it's really good for learning how to. I do feel this like stuff. you could learn stuff about flavor profiles too. Like what what you do to make this sauce or what yep. makes what kind of would make this meat taste good i yes yeah. i need this <laughs> after that get you to try after it, that mouth fart, yeah. i need this um yeah you learn by example and then you can go off and maybe invent your own things and then maybe you'll work for blue apron someday so you my friends my friends at home Look at this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rocket. Uh, you will cook incredible foods. You will send pictures of your foods to us and you will live a better, more fulfilling life. Frankly, thank you, <laughs> Blue Apron, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and supporting Real FM. Yeah. A show that Brianna Wu doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad this week. I'm negative about everything. No, Christina, okay. you why, love this. Why do you not you like this? this right? I, I, I don't understand let, this. Let me, okay. let me frame, let's, framing let's, essay, framing yeah, essay. We're yeah. going to talk about yeah. Stranger Things. There's my framing what? essay. Go, Brianna. No, no, no. I, Christina, I just talked for 800 minutes about PCG. Like, Tell me all That's about true. your love of this show. I just, it feels like Spielberg. It does. Honestly, yeah. it feels like Spielberg. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, Spielberg, Stephen King sort of, uh, you know, 80s. I, I love it. I love it. I can't help it. I love Stranger Things on Netflix. I love it. Winona Ryder is back. I love it. <laughs> she's I, I awesome really in the show. She's, yes. she's awesome in the show. Joyce, I'm going to be Joyce for Halloween, you guys, because. You're already Joyce. The, inter- the only difference is I that you're not am. a mom. And also you're not seeing things crawl out of your walls, I hope. Please uh, no, let not, us know I, if I, you I'm do. Not, I'm not seeing things crawl out of my of the walls. No, here's what's funny. I've literally been told since I was five years old, literally since I was five years old, people have been like, you look like Winona Ryder. And um, they're like, actually, first they were like, you look like the girl from Beetlejuice. <laughs> then um, when I was like five, I'm like, has anybody ever told you you look at the girl from Beetlejuice? And then like, she would be in other movies. And like, I remember like Little Women came out and people were like, has anyone ever told you you look like, you know, so-and-so? And then, like, when I was, like, 16, I would hear it a lot. And this was, like, 99. So he was like, has anyone ever told you you look like Monona Ryder? I'm like, actually, since I was, like, five. And then she went through a dark period, you know, with the whole, you know, like, shoplifting stuff. And, 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 and for me, anyway, personally, like, people were like, has anyone ever told you you look like Anne Hathaway? And I was like, <laughs> actually – <laughs> yes. And she and I are exactly the same age, like day, month, year, birthday, like we're birthday twins. And but but because of this, um, a friend, of, a number of friends have been like, holy crap. Has anyone ever told you you look like like a younger woman a writer? And I'm like, yeah, we've come full circle. And we have. come. Well, I mean, I texted you guys like an image of her from like like 12 or 13 years ago. It was uncanny. I'm actually going to put it in the show yeah. notes because it put was it literally I you. I thought it was you. I thought <laughs> you. It took me a lot. I'm like, this is Christine. 
This this is Chris. This, this is yeah, not no. Christina Warren. I don't no, understand. That, that, the, yeah. the, no, the, no, that was Winona on the cover of W Magazine in like 2003. And yeah, it's creepy. But there, she's on the cover of New York Magazine this week because of Stranger Things, which has become this huge phenomenon. And I, I texted my husband and I was like, because we text one another when we're in different rooms. And I was like, <laughs> this is me in like 10 or 15 years. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, all right. I can. I hope you brush get her hair that. a little more than um, she does. But, 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 yeah. but the show, I mean, I, I want to hear why you don't like it, Brie, because I love it. I think it's fantastic. Okay, okay. Look, I want to be clear. This is a good show. It is a good show. I enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed the the soundtrack. Like it had, um, there's a real uh, trend in musical scores that I love where they're um, getting the synthesizers of the 80s, like those actual synthesizers that they used to make like the Terminator soundtrack. And they're going back and they're revisiting them because you can emulate them today. And, uh, you know, It Follows did this and Stranger Things does this. So when that soundtrack comes out on Friday, I'm beyond going to buy it. And when part two comes out, I'll buy it. I agree with you. It has a real Spielbergian feel. Um, I just, it's like, this isn't my next favorite show ever, right? Like I would say it's a B rather than my favorite thing that's ever come on. And I feel okay. kind of lonely because I don't <laughs> love it as much as anyone else. You're the else. only like, one on the internet. I feel, no, so, I, I feel like I'll be the middle ground between other, you two as usual yeah, because yeah. I love, love, love certain aspects of it. And then other parts of it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I mean, for you, you didn't grow up in this era. Yeah. It's, it's the first kind of like weird kind of like sci-fi show that we've had in a while you know kind of you know i don't know it that is a good me. point I really actually love it. i would uh, you know as you know meh i just made it sound i would kill to have more shows like this airing on netflix whatever wherever i could watch them preferably netflix because that's easy for me uh yeah definitely like, i love seeing things like this i love like it kills the vibe of 80s movie like Kids being the heart of the show, those synth sounds oh, that Brianna yeah. was talking about, like the, the kids immediately, are so great. the kids are great. Yeah, the synth sounds, I the, or the music, I adored. Like from moment one, the title sequence, literally pitch perfect. I downloaded that font almost immediately. Like people talk up the title sequence, they're not exaggerating. It's so good. Um, I oh that glowing text, ah, I love it. Um, I made a fool of myself at a party this weekend because I went on a rant about that font, uh, but ah. I won't do that here. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, there are a lot of things I love about it. The atmosphere of um, well, the mythos that it builds kind of around the strange things that are happening in this town. I definitely loved. Gave me vague Twin Peaks vibes. Um, and then other things where it, I, I read, um, I think it was on Poly, an interview on Polygon about how they basically wanted to, they made it as if they were making an extended 80s movie. And I think that in some parts that does show because there are certain like there are certain episodes in the middle where I couldn't really tell you what happened, but then yeah. on the other hand, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's all just kind of it's languorous, I think, in a way, which um, is not bad. It's just not necessarily what everyone likes. I don't know. I feel like um, I maybe you feel differently, Christina, but I feel like the the children's cast doesn't really measure up to like the Goonies. And I don't see like breakthrough performances there. Um, and I think so the girl I who mean, played maybe 11. it's because I'm not a kid now. So it doesn't yeah, touch I me mean, in the look, same way. Yeah. 
Okay, does it compare with the Goonies? I think that's really, really high. <laughs> no, 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 okay. but no, but no, okay. uh, no, but genuinely, no. I, I watch a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies. I think kid actors are one of the hardest things to get right. Ones that seem realistic and, and usable. Is it Goonies level? Look, you're probably right. It's probably not. I do think in the pantheon of shows that are on television right now, whether it's Netflix or cable or anything else, I think these actors are great. Um. Now, I, I, that doesn't mean we should give them a total pass and say that, that, that we shouldn't try to do better. But if you watch a lot of other shows on television, I think that The Americans is probably the only other show. And in and, and disclosure, I think The Americans is the best show on television right now. Really? Far away. I, th- I do. I think The Americans is the best show on television. I can't get past season one. I've tried so really? hard. Oh, it's, my God. Yeah. Uh, the season four was so good. I, I think The Americans is the best show on television. Um, I, it's gonna, I, I feel very strongly it will actually win the Emmy this year for, for best drama series. Um, You're not anyway, alone, Brianna. Uh, I know one other okay. person who feels that way. Just one. Okay, and, and I've heard that from people, but 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 if you can if you can get past it, I think especially into season two, they, they get into the heavier stuff. Anyway, but Americans is a whole other other issue. But like, I, I feel like that show, they're the child actors who are now starting to age have been different. Um, I think that uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the the daughter on Mad Men was great, but it's 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 hard to find really great child actors. I think by and large, I think they do a really good job. Is it Goonies level? Maybe not, but. I think for for carrying you know uh, a a twelve episode series or however many episodes it is, and it's obviously already been renewed. I think we're um, eight episode series. Um, I think they do pretty well. I, I'm actually I'm I'm fairly impressed. Mm-hmm. I would say it's also higher quality than say uh, the Betweeners. Like I yes. love horror stuff, and it's you know Betweeners with Jane McCurdy is utterly average. It's like below average for horror movie stuff, and so I I think it's good. I just don't feel the the it just doesn't. It's not something I'm begging for another season of, like some no, other I mean, shows. I think that, so, yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's fair. I think it'll be interesting. We'll be to see what they do with the next season because it left in some interesting ways, and some things happened that I'm not going to spoil on this show. That will set up some interesting things to happen moving forward. But I think I was not expecting. I don't know about you guys. This to become kind of this cultural phenomenon that it's become, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where literally I, I got a report. I can't rem- I can't recall the analytics from so I apologize but it looks like it is now the most viewed series on Netflix. Wow. And and in and, and ratings wise in terms of views at least according to this analytics company and who knows how accurate their things are or aren't it's up there with Game of Thrones in terms of what people are are, are viewing on wow. on on digital content. Now I, it, Game of Thrones is, has stopped airing so it might not be quite up there with with what it was, you know, when when Game of Thrones was was in new episodes, but it's it's one of the most streamed shows on television right now, and mm-hmm. and and that um, and I see it all over my Twitter. I see think pieces all over the place. I mean, again, New York Mag was brilliant to put Winona Ryder on the cover this week, and but I literally haven't seen anything like this in quite some time for 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 a new property. Um, and, and frankly, even a Netflix property. I mean, Netflix has had some great stuff. I mean, Make It of a Murderer is probably the last time we saw similar kind of discussion points. Yeah. But it didn't reach into the cultural zeitgeist the way this seems to have. Like literally, I have people who are discovering it in, in people, it's coming in waves where people are like finally com- coming into it and be like, oh my God, this was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, which I which I think is interesting. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely, whatever critiques we might have, I think this is going to be a show to watch for next season because it's built up an audience that I wasn't expecting it to build. Mm-hmm. And I, I, frankly, I, I, I doubt Netflix or its creators were expecting it to build. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it strikes a really nice sweet spot of nostalgia and some new stuff that it brings to the table, I think. 
And it makes me really excited for season three of Twin Peaks. About freaking time. I, I guess I would say this though. There's there's definitely a trend in um and, and this is something you notice as you get older, that you see actresses that kicked all kinds of ass when you were younger kind of come back and recast as the mom. Like I saw um you know, Nerve this week. Uh it was so much better than Suicide Squad, by the way. Uh-huh. It's like this teenage dystopian uh movie about um a really realistic, like um you would call it like a, a Twitter dare game, right? So you have Juliette Lewis in there. And you know, this is the woman that I remember as like the half-naked singer from Strange Days. It's like all punk and awesome. And they kind of recast her and bring her back where her only role is like screeching about her child. And it's right. it hurts me because I love her so much. I don't think that's Winona Ryder. No, it's this, not. But I think she's I think she's a little underused. And I wish more yeah. of the episodes were about her and about Eleven. Yeah. So yeah. And I think and I think that's a great I think that's a good note. But I do think it's important to say that she's not I mean she might be no, underused. She's not, yeah. she's not <laughs> underused. She might be underused, but she's not simply the mom. No, she's you not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think for a lot of people would be the immediate place to go. And I think that's why it's important to have her part of this. I mean, she's a great actress. Whatever has happened in her personal life, anything else, I think regardless, like and, – and, and ironically, if what happened to her in like 2002 happened now, it wouldn't even be a big deal, no. which is the weird thing. With, with all the stuff that has happened with celebrity and, and the whole uh. thing, like it probably would have helped her career. But but at the yeah. time, you know, yeah. it hurt it and that's a shame. But she's a great actress and she's a great face and – and I like that uh, it might not be utilized as much as maybe she could be, but she's more than just a mom and she plays that role so well. Yep, she does. Um, and, and, and that to me, I mean, just, I love seeing her on, on anything, you know, whether it's a film, television, whatever. Last time I've, I've seen her, I think was, was, was Black Swan. I think, I, mean, I know she's been in, in things since then. Was but she that was in last Black time. Swan? Yeah, she played the, um. Asian <gasps> ballerina. Right. She yeah. played the Asian ballerina that oh did not I completely yeah. forgot about that. I'm Googling this right. Oh, my God. Now, now let's all go watch Black Swan. Speaking of really good things, let's all go <laughs> yeah, watch Black honestly, Swan. Because okay. that is- I watched that honestly, once that and felt so, so terrible. Like, it's a great movie, but I, I, watched I don't it need to feel that bad and I, twice. I was so yeah. anxious. All right. Well, on that note. I watched it with my mom. Oh, that's mm, awkward. <laughs> In the theater. Yeah, honestly, during the sex scene, that was a very awkward moment for me to be like, I'm turned on, but my mom is. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not like a ballerina watching that with your mom or a gymnast or yeah, something. I feel like you'd be like biting the nails, like oh. <laughs> well, imagine if you're like watching just- with Mila Kunis. That would be okay. Fair. No, Mila Kunis would be like, yeah. "Look at me." <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, I think she'd be like, "I look really hot." Like I bet Ashton, when he sees it, he's like hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm there also, and I'm like, "You're right, Mila Kunis. You are hot." Yeah. She is hot. She is. Natalie Portman's hot. Can't That's speaking. Okay, speaking of people that I can't believe are playing moms, I realize she is like thirty now. But the fact that she is in that bad moms movie makes me want to <laughs> lie down on the floor for a long time because she she still looks my age, frankly, and I'm not old enough to be in a movie called Bad Moms. <laughs> She's not 30. She's my age. She's 32. Well, she's actually a year younger than me. She's, she's not 30. She's my age. She's 32. She's 30, Christina. She's, she's 32. She'll be 33 next week. I still think, and she still looks like a baby. She's I gorgeous. I think she's amazingly gorgeous. Like I love her. Developed awesome dermatology. Yeah, she's she's years, not so. old enough yeah. to be in that movie. Freaking I'm sorry. Freaking Russian jeans. Freaking yeah. Russian jeans. No, I agree yeah. with you. She's not yeah. old enough to be in Bad Moms. I agree. Ugh. 
Ugh. So what are we up to this week? Christina, what are you up to? Um, so I'm closing out my career at Mashable. That and so that's it. Big deal. Big deal. All right. Big huge deal. Brianna, what are you up to? I wasted the last five days of my life dealing with the code signing error with Revolution no. 60 iOS. I wasted oh, if you no. talk to any iOS developer. Talk to them about certification and phones uh, and code signing and uh, provisioning profiles, and you will see the, the the snarl of the abuse come onto their face. <laughs> so I had to delay shipping my game for a week because, like, as an engineer, your your mind always leaps to the most complicated problem. So I'm like doing all this stuff yeah. over here for days and days and days, and then I bring an expert friend of mine. She's like. Oh, yeah, just check this checkbox over in front of Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> so that is it. I, uh, Welcome to I'm being like really a, smart. Poor Brie. <laughs> I know. I know. It's really tragic. I am shipping this game where I'm dying trying. I'm so, so proud so, of so, you. I'm so proud of you, too. When do you uh, think? I mean, I don't want to, like, put you on the spot or anything, but I, when do you I'm think it'll be shipping? I have to... I was... Uh, I have five screenshots to put in my binary to Apple and then send it off to them. If their app review time really is three days now, then it will be one week from the time Apple says go, so I can call my media contacts and say, please review it, and then I'm hitting it live, and I'm going on vacation. So Excellent. Love it. Heck, it's freaking yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so this week, the, for the rest of this week, and for all of next week, every day at 4 p.m. Eastern on Polygon's Facebook page, we are live streaming um, a... <clears throat> summer games competition uh as you know there there are certain games happening in the world right now that are heavily trademarked uh and don't let you use their name for anything but we are coincidentally doing a totally separate different thing called summer games um Uh yes where um i love that we've picked a we've picked the worst of very old sports games and it's a polygon staffer versus an sb nation staffer uh sb nation is the sports vertical under vox media uh it has we've done two so far and it has been a lot of fun uh not just because polygon is two for two on wins um, yeah. yeah it's it's really awesome and it's a lot of fun to finally work with those guys because i i don't really have an excuse to interact with them very often, especially since we moved to the 10th floor, but it has been a, a fun three days, except for the first day when we had technical problems and I wanted to die, but <laughs> the last two days have been really fun, so if you follow Polygon on Facebook, which you should, tune in at 4pm EST every day or watch the archives. Um, Ryan, Nanny, and I are commentating on every stream, uh, which has been deeply enjoyable, except next week he and I are facing off together in badminton, so someone else is going to have to take over for us, and it's going to be Wait, ridiculous. Are you, are you playing, like, ice hockey on NES and, like, Madden 93 on Genesis? Oh my gosh. Like, what, what are you playing? Yeah. So, so far, um, God, what... We, the, these last two days have been decent, actually, because we did Nidhogg for fencing, and then we did Rockstar Games Presents Table Tennis. But then we have, like, Evan Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing. We we have a bunch of ROMs, basically, that we that we have um, for, for the many sports. I, which I'm a fan of. I, I, I love nothing more than, like, I still have, like, an, an original Xbox that is full of nothing but, like, classic ROMs. Oh, that's awesome. Same. Yeah. Same. Basically, anything that you would have on your Xbox, that's a very old sports game. Uh, Tara Long, my producer, intentionally searched for the very worst ones of all time. And the one that didn't work, and this is the worst thing, the one that didn't work was Michael Phelps' uh, Push the Limit, which is an Xbox 360 game that only works with Kinect. 
only works with Connect. I was gonna, I was gonna play it, uh, except that we could not get the Connect to recognize two people, and we spent literal hours trying to troubleshoot it. And eventually, we were like, and, "No, never mind." Uh, well, and honestly, that is why the Connect is not part of the new Xbox One S. So whatever. Yep. I yeah, ugh, a nightmare. I mean, it is what it is. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal and waiting for my Simone <gasps> Dancing on a Planet animated GIF, of which I'm dropping into our chat now. So this is what I want yes, this I'm week. Okay. See this. Yeah. okay, I'll be on it. Christina, what are you doing? Or where are you? Who are you? Social media? <laughs> yeah, social media. What? So I'm I'm film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Snapchats, the Instagrams. And um, next week, I will not be on any of the internets other than Rocket because I'll be on vacation. Nice. Oh, my oh, God. What beginning. are you doing for your vacation? Oh, I'm going to Atlanta to visit my parents. Oh, that's it's so nice. Okay, cool. Um, and and but but on August 22nd, I will uh, starting August 22nd, you will be able to also find me at gizmodo.com. Very cool, sweet. And you can find me on Twitter at doomquasar and at YouTube.com/slash/polygon and Facebook, Ooh. whatever our Polygon addresses. I'm there. And, and, and what what and, and what day is your show again? Let everybody it's know. It's called so SEO Play. It is a pun. Because we're playing with the search engine optimization, SEO play. We, we had a few different titles, and we were going to, like, record different intros just to test them out, and uh, we forgot. So we went with the first one. <laughs> what? It should Love be, it. like, Simone Vision, or... Well, honestly, though, but yeah. SEO, it, it, I mean, what was your middle name, Simone? De Rochefort? I mean, Elizabeth? <laughs> So so S okay so so so, yeah, so so the S E is Simone Elizabeth and then O can be something else but like S Simone Elizabeth oh, optimization play which is what see, you say works. when you see me coming exactly S E it's that girl <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight if you like the episode please leave a review on iTunes except imagine I said it way more exciting because I totally want you to do it. Uh, this episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 